classics readable, relevant, and fun. Each episode, we'll discuss one classic book and share some recommendations for more contemporary reads that feature similar themes. As two nerdy bookworms, we appreciate the role of classic lit, but we won't get too academic about it. We'll talk about the books we love and the books we loathe, and help stock your TBR pile with old and new reads for every literary taste. Listeners, we'd love to get to know you better. Follow us on Instagram at NovelPairingsPod for more book recommendations and conversations. If you're loving the podcast, please subscribe to Novel Pairings wherever you listen to your podcasts and write a review on Apple Podcasts to help other bookworms find our show. We received a lovely review from a listener recently who said... I love classics, I love kind of nerdy book talk, and I really love getting multiple great recommendations all at once, so Novel Pairings is definitely checking all of my boxes. I appreciate the diversity in both the pairings and the classics, and I am really grateful for how much I feel I'm learning from Chelsea and Sarah. It's like going back to English class, except your teachers are actually really cool friends of yours who just (laughs) want to chat and hang out. I look forward to every episode, and my TBR has absolutely exploded since I started listening. (laughs) Thank you for that review, Sarah. It really, really made our day. That is the sweetest review. Thank you, Sarah. And I'm glad that Sarah mentioned TBR toppling because that is what we are doing today. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take some of 2020's most anticipated, buzziest summer releases, and we're going to pair them with some backlist summer reads. We know it can be frustrating to be hundredth on that library holds list, or maybe you don't want to shell out the money for a hardback book. So we're going to offer some great backlist titles. Yeah, hopefully this is well-timed. I've been seeing a lot of libraries opening up at least for curbside pickup now. So I hope that this is well-timed for people in their communities. Yeah, we're kind of in the middle of summer now, but... Maybe you've already read through all of the buzziest books of 2020 and you're looking for what to read next. It is possible. (laughs) (laughs) So Sarah, let's just jump right into it. And we're going to start with a book that I finished a couple of days ago, and it's going to be really hard to top this one for me this summer. Oh, I feel the same way. I think it's going to be maybe my number one of the year. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people. So, of course, we're talking about The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. It's so good. I mean, I just feel like my none of my words could possibly do it justice. It's, it's probably going to be on my list of favorite books of all time. I think so, too. And I feel like I love it even more because we read it right around the same time we read and talked about Passing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this would be a favorite no matter when I picked it up, but it just really epitomizes that connection between classics and contemporary that we love so much. So, of course, a backlist book to pair it with would be Passing by Nella Larson. We talked about both of these books on our episode last week. Um, But another book that I love that I think pairs well with The Vanishing Half is Tayari Jones's book, Silver Sparrow. So, This one is a little bit less buzzy than American Marriage, which is also fantastic. And I know a lot of, it made a lot of um, best of lists the year it came out. But Silver Sparrow is about 
James Witherspoon, a man who lives in Atlanta, and he has two families. He is a bigamist, and he has his legitimate family, which I kind of hate that word, but he has his legitimate family, and he has his other family, and he has two daughters, one in each family, who are just about the same age. One daughter knows that the other exists. The other daughter doesn't know about the existence of her sister. But their paths do cross in the book, and we get half of the book told from one daughter's perspective and half told through the other. And just like The Vanishing Half, it's a really interesting and unusual depiction of sisterhood that still gets at some very human universal themes and I I loved this book that one is sitting on my shelf I actually have um I brought American Marriage with me to read this summer because I'm visiting family right now and Silver Sparrow sitting on my shelf so I feel like that's something for me to look forward to when I head back home yeah I think you'll like it a lot it's I think I liked it better than American Marriage Maybe for no reason other than I had no expectations going into Silver Sparrow Mm -hmm. and then loved it. Um, So yeah, I I highly recommend that one. I think that's a great recommendation. But I will say, if you're going to spend money on a hardcover book this summer, The Vanishing Half is worth it. (laughs) Oh, I completely agree. Treat yourself to this book. You will not regret (laughs) it. And it's so gorgeous. You're going to want to have it sitting on your shelves. Definitely. All right, so this next one, I've seen really mixed reviews. Have you read Rodham yet? Not yet. And I got it and I was so excited about it. And then, yeah, I saw the mixed reviews. I just never made time for it. And I'm sure I'll read it at some point. But no, I haven't read Rodham yet. I have seen some, like a couple really good reviews, people who loved it. And then... Um, more that they liked parts of it and then some things just really didn't work for them. So I don't know that I'll pick it up, but I do like Curtis Sittenfeld and I like her writing. So I'm curious to hear more about your pairing for this one. Yeah, so I I will say the one really positive review that I have seen is from Annie Jones, who owns Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. bookshelf in Thomasville. And I tend to really align with her reading choices so that gives me hope but yes this one definitely kind of moved down a few rungs I also love Curtis Sittenfeld I'm sure there are other things I could pair this with but I had to go with just a backlist Curtis Sittenfeld American Wife have you read American Wife no I've been meaning to for a really long time and I keep finding it at used bookstores and passing it up for some reason but I feel like I'd really enjoy it I I think this is my favorite of hers that I've read so far. I've read everything by her except her short story collection, actually, which I know people really adore. So it's on my list. Um, American Wife is a retelling of Laura Bush's life. So very similar setup to Rodham, except she changes all of the names and places. And so it's less, it's less of a direct retelling and you don't have to... I've seen the complaints in Rodham just, I don't really want to, like, be in Bill and Hillary's bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> and with American Wife, because the names and places are changed, you don't have that same connection. In fact, I don't think I realized it was so based on Laura Bush's life until after I read it. But 
it's really fascinating. It's a great depiction of marriage and politics and how hard it is for women to maybe maintain their personal beliefs and values when they're married to somebody who's really ambitious. And I just, I, I loved it. It made me really want to read a biography of Laura Bush, which is not something I ever would have thought would interest me before. Yeah. So that's American Wife by Curtis Sittenfeld. I do really like first lady stories. Um, I read a biography on Abigail Adams that was really fascinating. And while, I mean, I, I don't know that I would politically align with Laura Bush, I do think her backstory is really fascinating and I enjoy her as just a human. So that one sounds really good. Yeah, I, I definitely agree on all fronts. And it this book, American Wife, made me very curious about just in general how much political wives' views align with their husbands mm-hmm. and how much they can or cannot say. And That was just a really interesting thing to think about. Okay, this next buzzy book is one that we both read and really loved. It is Beach Read by Emily Henry. And this was such a fun book. And I think the reason that a lot of readers loved this is it is a really good cross between contemporary fiction and romance. So people who love contemporary fiction but don't necessarily love romance loved it. People who love romance also really enjoyed it. And it just had a little bit of everything. Yeah, I really, really liked this one. As we talked about in our spring season wrap-up, it was it just holds so much. Yeah, and... I I do think that particularly a lot of contemporary romances coming out now are striking a really good balance of lightness and depth and sort of um, either go unnoticed or get brushed off because they're under the romance category. But a book that I think people would love if they loved Beach Read because of that layer of depth and that more contemporary fiction feel Um, I would recommend The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. And there's something about British rom-coms that just have a different tone. Maybe it's the sense of humor that makes me think it matches really well with Beach Read. But The Flat Share is really charming, so funny. I loved the main characters, but there is that depth to it. There is the meat of the story where you really do feel like the characters are dealing with hard things. It's it's not um, it's not just fluff, and it's it's really cute. So the premise is our heroine is looking for a new place to stay because she just broke up with her boyfriend and he kicked her out of their apartment. So she finds this flat share. There is a night nurse. He works for, I think, hospice care or like um, terminally ill patients. And he is working the night shift. So he is gone at night, meaning she can sleep on her half of the bed at (laughs) night. And they never cross paths because they're sharing this apartment, but they're there at opposite times of the day. And of course, her friends are like, you can't do this. It's not safe. He's going to murder you. (laughs) 
But he ends up being the sweetest person and they write notes to each other because that's how you would communicate with a roommate that you never see. And through their notes, they get to know each other. And it's obviously super romantic and charming, but also it's just a really sweet way of character building. And I really like how the author shows their character through the notes. The heroine's notes are really wordy and almost like run on sentences all the time. And um, the hero's notes are short and to the point. And um, it's just really sweet the way that they end up getting together. So I highly recommend that one to fans of Beach Read. That's The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. That sounds so good. And you haven't read this one? No, I have oh, not. Oh, you would love it. I think you would absolutely love it. Okay. I'm going to add it to my list. I really need something fluffy right now. Not fluffy sounds dismissive, but I need yeah. something charming and sweet right now. I have been reading so much, like so many partial books, trying to find good books for the curriculum. And I'm on the selection committee for a lit prize right now that's all very heavy fiction and I just I need something sweet so I think I'm gonna pick that up next I think you should and I really liked it on audio if you need an audiobook that I I thought that the narrators were really really good and you gotta love a British accent now and then oh yes absolutely yeah I loved I think the only British rom-com I've read I think is get a life Chloe Brown which I adored and I also listened to that one on audio and I loved the accents yes and I think that that British sense of humor is kind of across in both of them I think get a life Chloe Brown would be an awesome next step as well okay all right so excited all right speaking of intense reads (laughs) another (laughs) another 2020 summer read that I loved was A Burning by Mega Majumdar. This book is described as a literary thriller, and I think that is an appropriate descriptor for it. It's set in India, and it's told in three different perspectives. One is a young woman who posted something on Facebook that criticized politics in her community, and She is arrested and kind of scapegoated as a terrorist. The second character, Lovely, is a hijra. And hijra is kind of a catch-all term. I did not know this before I read the book. For intersex people, eunuchs, and transgender people. And there are often these communities that hijra live in together throughout India. And there's a sense of their specialness, but also a sense of sense of kind of distancing from them, from the rest of society. So there's an interesting balance there. And then the third character is a gym teacher at an all-girls school who kind of accidentally enters into this political sphere and starts gaining power and getting kind of ambitious. And they're all interconnected. And you just cannot put this book down. It is The chapters are super short. You really want to find out what happens to all three characters. It's pretty heartbreaking, but some characters really have very grace-filled and hopeful moments, although I definitely will not lie and say that this isn't a hard read at the same time. I thought it was just 
fantastic and very original. A literary thriller is not something that comes across my radar very often. And another thing I, I really like about this book is it clearly was not written with me like a white American woman in mind. I had to do a lot of research as I was reading to understand the political context and different terminology. And I actually appreciate that. I, I like it when an author doesn't over explain and, and expects me to do the work. And because the book is very short and readable, I didn't mind doing that at all. The backlist title I'd pair this with is There There by Tommy Orange. And I'm pretty sure right on the cover of a burning, it says, for fans of There There by Tommy Orange. So this is not super original, but very similar in the pacing and tone, kind of a sense of impending doom in There There. There are also multiple characters. I think there are 12 POVs in There There. And every one of the characters is moving towards this gathering the big Oakland powwow where they're all going to be together and you get to find out about their connections. It's also one of the only books I've ever read, which is a fault of my own reading, not anything else, about urban indigenous communities and that perspective. I thought There There was fantastic. A couple of teachers at my school teach it, so teachers out there, this is also a great one for the classroom. Have you read There There? I haven't. That's another one that I know I would love and I would love to get to, but I haven't picked it up yet. It's. I love stories with multiple perspectives that weave together, though, and so, yeah, like I said, I know I would love it, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I got to hear Tommy Orange speak at the National Council for Teachers of English conference, And he says he's always asked why he wrote in multiple points of view. And he said that he got into writing because he had a job working at a shipping warehouse for a publisher. And he would, whenever he had downtime, just pick up books to read. And he just liked books with multiple POVs and was like, this is what good books are like and and wrote it that way. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love that so much, and it just, it really is. And he also talked about how many publishers he sent it to before it got picked up, and now it's this Mm. massive hit, which I think says a lot. But yeah, he's great, and that book is, is really exceptional. All right, so another summer book that we both read and enjoyed, and this is also very much in the Beachy Reads category, um, was Big Summer by Jennifer Weiner. This book really defies genre as well, kind of like Beach Read, where nobody could quite figure out <laughs> what where exactly to put it. This one is definitely beachy, and it opens up, and you just kind of think that it's going to be contemporary fiction, heroine finds herself kind of literature. And then all of a sudden, halfway into the book, it completely switches to a mystery domestic thriller kind of. And the tone shift is really fascinating. But the way that Jennifer Weiner does all of it is, I thought, pretty great. I thought she did a great job of making it work. And so Daphne is an influencer. And she is a 
plus size influencers. So she has an interesting relationship with social media where a lot of influencers don't look like her, but in her sphere, she has a lot of influence and is able to sort of find self-confidence through other body positive influencers and through helping younger women feel good about themselves. And so she really has sort of a tense back and forth relationship with social media. Her old frenemy, I guess I would say, Drew, this sort of heiress, rich girl, this is a rich people problems book for sure, (laughs) (laughs) comes back into Daphne's life and asks her to be in her wedding. And Daphne is like, no, I really don't like you and you're a horrible person. But ultimately she agrees, partly because it's going to look really good for her Instagram profile. Well, all of a sudden (laughs) at the wedding, (laughs) madness ensues and someone ends up dead and there's a mystery and Daphne gets wrapped up in it. The tone completely shifts. It ends up being pretty tense. I never thought that this book was terrifying and I never thought that the mystery was like taking itself too seriously. It's still very fun and glitzy and glamorous, but the tone really shifts and it's surprising and... I, I enjoyed Daphne a lot as a main character. I really thought that the conversation around social media in this book was interesting and the points that Weiner makes about it are pretty fascinating. Um, she doesn't demonize Instagram and she doesn't praise it either. She really is falling somewhere in the middle of, hey, this can be a really great tool for women, but it can also really oppress women at the same time. And so it's definitely one of those, on the surface, it just seems like glamorous cupcake of a beach read. And then under the surface, there's some deeper themes that really made me think. Yeah, I I really enjoyed reading this one. It's one of the first books in a while I like was staying up super late to to finish. I had some issues with the ending, which we will not spoil, but we <laughs> yes. can talk about later. <laughs> but I still I don't regret reading it. It was a it was a very fun experience. Yes, definitely a good summer read. And I would actually like to pair this one with a classic and I think that Edith Wharton is even mentioned in the book a couple of times, but I think that this pairs perfectly with House of Mirth. Which I think is a great classic to read in the summertime. It fits in where the main character is not of the world of the wealthy, but she's involved in that world. And it really shows how wealth can corrupt people. And it shows female desire and reaching for what you want in an interesting way. And I just think House of Mirth is a book that needed to exist in order for Big Summer to follow. So I think that would be a really fun book to pick up in tandem with Big Summer. I completely agree. I think I read Big Summer right after we did our Roman Fever episode. And we had just talked about authors who reminded us of Edith Wharton. And once I read that, I was like, oh, got to add Jennifer Weiner to the list. Definitely. And I haven't read any of her other books. Big Summer was my first of Jennifer's books. So I don't know. I think her other books are kind of similar, especially her more recent ones. 
Yes. This was, I, I know I've read one of her others. I can't recall the title like many years ago. And then this was the first I'd picked up in, in a long time. So yeah, I, I, I definitely read more of her books when I'm in the mood for that kind of fun page turner. Definitely. I'm excited to hear about this next one because I have it sitting on my uh, nightstand right now and I'm really excited to read it. I loved All Adults Here by Emma Straub. It is a family drama. I really can't get enough of family dramas. I love them. All Adults Here mostly follows Astrid Strick. She's kind of the matriarch of this family who lives in a small East Coast town, and she has three children, and all of them, adult children, all of them are dealing with very interesting life events at the moment. So, for example, her adult daughter has decided to become a a mother, a single mother, after, you know, many years of trying to find a partner and, and not settling down with anyone. So, her and then her granddaughter who's 13 comes to live with Astrid and that kind of brings up a lot for Astrid about her own parenting and she starts to kind of remember some things that she said to her kids that she's starting to wonder if that <laughs> they like ruined her children's lives and she's dealing with that and I just I loved the Strick family they all make some terrible decisions but they really love each other fiercely. And I, I've heard some reviews complain that there was like too much in this book, that it tried to tackle too much. But I didn't have that issue at all. I, I think people are complicated and have lots of issues. And that they were just, she was airing all sorts of different things in this book. So I loved it. I would, of course, pair it with Commonwealth by Ann Patchett, which is like, one of the gold standard family dramas in in my view, but also with A Place for Us by Fatima Farheen Mirza. I loved A Place for Us. And it's also about a couple with three children who are, when the book starts, they're, all three children are grown. And then we get some flashbacks of the childhood experience. And the, all three kids are so different and they need very different parenting and it's kind of about the way the the parents interacted with each kid and how that maybe impacted the course of their lives and again some big mistakes here some hard moments and then you just feel how much they love each other especially in the last section of this which is told entirely through the father Rafiq's perspective it's multiple points of view throughout the rest of the book and then he gets the last quarter and it's just kind of mind-blowing like oh that's what he was thinking when he said that to his son and it just really hits hard and it's beautiful I, I loved a place for us that's another one that I know I'm gonna love and it's just sitting on my shelf <laughs> there are too many good books I feel it's that true. about what you're sharing too <laughs> so all of those that we just mentioned are already out. Yes. And now we're going to get into some books that, well, actually, when this episode releases, a couple of these others will be 
out as well, but we'll start mentioning release dates for you now. Yeah, because as of our recording, a couple of these aren't quite out yet. So Party of Two by Jasmine Guillory comes out on June 23rd, and Jasmine Guillory writes really fun rom-coms, and this is still part of the Wedding Date series. So the Wedding Date was her debut novel, and that was about Alexa, and Alexa's sister, Olivia, is the star of this next book. So Olivia moves to LA and she's starting her own law firm and she meets a handsome guy at a hotel and they flirt the whole night and she's just thinking, well, this is just, you know, nothing like I just need to flirt. And then later on, she realizes that the guy she was flirting with was this hotshot junior senator, Max Powell. She has no interest in dating a politician. She wants nothing to do with that world. But he sends her a chocolate cake to her office, and she loves chocolate cake. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have to say that I think that my favorite parts of Jasmine Guillory books are the food descriptions. Like, she can write a sex scene too, but the food, I'm like, everything she writes about, I'm like, I must go eat that right now. Yes. Yes. And so, okay, so the food and the premise of this are what lead to my backlist recommendation. So I would love to recommend the Dreamers series by Adriana Herrera and specifically the second one in the series, American Fairy Tale. So in American Fairy Tale, you have this really sweet relationship between two guys One of them is really striving in his career. He works for, I think it's a nonprofit, and it basically helps people with housing. It's like a women's shelter, and he is in grant writing, and he's really passionate about working at this um, nonprofit. And then he goes to this fancy gala one night that his boss gives him tickets to, And he meets this really hot guy. And they hook up thinking like, okay, well, never going to see each other again. But then, I don't maybe a couple weeks later, I forget the timeline, this super handsome, wealthy guy shows up in the office and is like, I want to fund this new program and this new wing of the Women's Center for you. And so they end up working together on the project And falling in love, of course. And I really love it. Adriana Herrera also writes really great food descriptions. And all of her main characters are Latinx immigrant stories. They, I think she, so her like main group of friends that she writes about come from several different countries, but they all like sort of come together and bond over their own family immigration experiences. And so that's part of where the Dreamers title comes from. So you've got all of these different cultures celebrated, and of course, the food descriptions are incredible. The first book in the series is actually um, one of the main characters runs a food truck that is like a blend of all of his friends' different cultural backgrounds. So if you love the food descriptions in Jasmine Guillory's novels, I think that you would really like Herrera's food descriptions as well. And I think, of course, Pride Month is a great time to pick up 
any romance with some LGBTQIA characters and this fits the bill and just especially if you're looking for some that feature Afro-Latinx characters, this is a really great series and yeah, they're they're short and they they go down easy, but there are also some deeper themes there and I really really am enjoying her series. So that's the Dreamers series by Adriana Herrera. That sounds so good. Definitely will be adding that to my list. I think I'm going to be reading a lot of romance this summer and fall as I, I mentioned for just being super busy otherwise, but So Party of Two by Jasmine Guillory is out June 23rd. Also out June 23rd is Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. I honestly don't know all that much about this book, but between the title and the cover, I know I'm going to buy it and read it. So (laughs) yeah, what are your thoughts on, on this one? I'm really excited about this one, and I've seen nothing but glowing reviews from people who read the advanced reading copies, and I, I've i read that it has a lot of threads and references to classic Gothic literature, oh, but wow. then, of course, puts a spin on that and makes it something completely new, so I'm really excited about that, of course. Yes, me too. And then... You've paired it with In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado, which I also loved. I was going to say, this is like, this is co-signed. This is appearing from both of us for sure, because we both really loved In the Dream House. I know that we're both going to read Mexican Gothic, and it's highly likely that we'll pair that book with something on the podcast in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you haven't read In the Dream Dream House yet, it's fantastic and just... The way she tells her memoir but plays with style and it's there are tough things in it it's about domestic abuse but what a hopeful and gorgeous ending like better than a fiction ending it's just Mm -hmm. the way her her life trajectory goes so I loved that one. I that was one so I really loved the structure of it and I found it so compelling. I really like memoir. I love when memoir is written in a new and different way or when it's written in essays. So it's almost like bite-sized chunks. And so I loved the way that this one was written. When I picked it up, it was when I was having a really hard time focusing on books. I think that was probably maybe March when I read this one. So I switched to audio and I highly recommend the audiobook. It's read by the author and Although the sometimes it's hard to do audiobooks with books whose structures are different, mm-hmm. but this one really worked for me on audio. So this episode is going to be dropping on June 30th. So today, out in the world, is Friends and Strangers by J. Courtney Sullivan. And I love J. Courtney Sullivan. I loved her book Saints for All Occasions which came out a couple of years ago. She tells a great family saga and her writing is just the kind of writing I I love. It's nothing too fancy or flowery but you can tell that she really cares about the words she puts on the page. So I have an early copy of Friends and Strangers but I haven't started it yet. It is a about a new mother and 
her relationship with the babysitter who she hires. She lives in a new town, I believe, and so she doesn't really have family or friends nearby. And it's kind of about the way these two women become dependent on each other. So, of course, that reminded me of Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed, which is barely backlist. I mean, I don't think you could even count it as backlist. It came out earlier in 2020. It's probably still got a long hold <laughs> at the library, but um, I think it would be a great pairing with this. Such a Fun Age is about Amira, who is a young 20-something, and she babysits for this wealthy white family. Amira is black. And when she takes Briar, the three-year-old she babysits, to a fancy grocery store late one night, she is accused of kidnapping Briar. And that interaction is caught on film. And that interaction, it actually doesn't play necessarily as big of a role in the rest of the book as I thought it would, but it does seem to be this catalyst moment for the white family to start reflecting on their relationship with Amira in kind of icky ways. And then it's about Amira and her employer, Alix, and their relationship for the course of the novel. And you and I both really liked this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really loved Such a Fun Age. I think it's a fantastic book club pick. I think there's so much to think about, and it's definitely one of those books that it's page-turning, and I think it can be a really quick read, but there are a lot of deeper themes that Kylie Reed is tackling, and it's, it's worth digging into for sure. Totally, yeah, and it, if you are one of the many people who's been reading and consuming anti-racist literature right now, like White Fragility or How to Be an Anti-Racist, you will see, not not heavy-handedly at all, but in such a fun age, the story really portrays a lot of those questions and things that we're, we're thinking about now or should have been thinking about for a long time, but are very prominent mm-hmm. right now. So definitely recommend this one. And like you said, it's just, it's a fun read. I loved Amira's character. That's another one I really loved on audio because the narrator was fantastic. And her voices for each of Amira's different friends were just perfection and spot on. And I felt like there was a lot of nuance that I caught because of the narrator's tone that I might not have noticed, particularly as a white woman reading the book on paper. I think that I was able to catch a lot more from the narrator's performance, which I really appreciated. I second that. Great on audio. Also, Out June 30th is one that I know a lot of people are really anticipating. It is Sex and Vanity by Kevin Kwan. He, of course, wrote the Crazy Rich Asians trilogy, which many readers feel is like the perfect summer reading. Glitzy, glamorous, so fun, lots of relationships. Travel. Travel, which none of us are doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) So to be quite honest, I don't know much about Sex and Vanity, but I do know 
that it's based on A Room with a View by E.M. Forrester. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, it is a retelling of A Room with a View. So I think that you should just read them both this summer. I read A Room with a View again, I think last summer. It's a great summer classic. It's super short. Super short. Again, it's about travel, about a young girl who's, you know, taking her grand tour of Europe with her chaperone and and meets a boy and feels probably not love, but lust for the first time. (laughs) And it's it's great. And the movie is fantastic too, A Room with a View. So if you don't feel like reading a classic this summer, that's fine. Watch the movie and then pick up Kevin Kwan's Sex and Vanity and you'll be able to connect some of the ways he's playing with that. I, I'm really excited about Sex and Vanity. Did you read the entire Crazy Rich Asian series? I did not. Me neither. I, I read the first one. I liked it. Me too. I read the first one. I have a lot of students who've read them. Oh, okay. Yeah. which I they, can see that. Yeah. They, I mean, they're a little mature, but yeah. anytime a kid wants to read, you know, three books in a row, I'm all for it. So, and not more mature than like A Court of Thorns and Roses, which true all of my students are carrying around these days. And every time I see it on one of their desks, I'm like, I, I'm just going <laughs> to... It's not that I don't want you to read it. It's just I don't want to have to be thinking about that. (laughs) I love that that makes you blush so much. It really does. I love it. Anyways, (laughs) I would like to finish the trilogy, I think. I don't know when I will get around to it, but it's kind of fun to know that they're there for when I do Mm -hmm. want that escape. True. I really liked the movie, too. That's a good summer movie. I haven't seen the movie. Oh, it's a fun one. Okay. I actually actually think I might have liked the movie better than the book. That's fine. That happens. It does. Yeah. Well, that's the way it is with a lot of people with A Room with a View. I've heard so many people say, like, just watch the movie, so. Yeah, I think A Room with a View is one of those where reading it, it's hard to pick up on kind of the snarky tone. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the movie is so silly and over the top and beautiful. So you really feel like you're there. Yeah, the movie can highlight all of the best parts of A Room with a View. So I am all for that. I I think it's a good one to read and it's short, but I have no no qualms with saying if you just feel like watching the movie, (laughs) go for it. Okay, our last couple of recommendations here are out in August. So this is getting towards the end of summer, but if you're having a hard time waiting for these books, we do have some backlist recommendations for you. So out on August 4th is The Death of Vivek O.G. by Akweke Emezi. And this book sounds so good. I know it's getting a lot of buzz and hype already. And the covers beautiful first of all but the premise it sounds a little complicated so I'm going to try and explain it a little bit but in southeastern Nigeria a mother opens the front door and her son's body is wrapped in colorful fabric at her feet and it says that 
in the summary, it says that what follows is the tumultuous, heart-wrenching story of one family's struggle to understand a child whose spirit is both gentle and mysterious. And the child, Vivek, suffers from disorienting blackouts and disconnection from self and surroundings. And as Vivek gets older, they find solace in friendships from the Niger wives, who are foreign-born women married to Nigerian men. But their closest bond is with Osita, a high-spirited cousin whose teasing confidence masks a guarded private life. So like I said, it just seems like there's a lot going on here. And it sounds really good. There's mystery, and then there's this interesting spiritual element. And I think that it sounds like it's going to be really character-driven, particularly when a novel's named after the main character. You know that it's really going to be an in-depth character study of that person. And I think that it's going to have a good dose of drama and heartfelt moments, and it just sounds amazing. But that... That sort of otherworldliness that is used to describe the main character reminds me a bit of Beloved. Oh, totally. So I think that if you're waiting on this one, Beloved by Toni Morrison would be a great book to pick up. That there's this main character that no one fully understands. There are sort of these questions of, where does Beloved belong, and where is she coming from? And so just based on the description itself, knowing I have not read Emezi's new book, it it sounded a little bit like Beloved would be a good pairing to me. Totally. I think that's a great pairing. So I, I think also if you're waiting for this book from Emezi, pick up Freshwater because their writing is very distinct, and it's hard to pair it with anything else I think beloved is a fantastic pairing I hadn't thought of that but I think that's so smart yeah and Emezi's writing so they often explore themes of gender identity and also mental illness in this really interesting way and so I won't be surprised to see those themes explored in Vivek OG the way that they're explored in Freshwater sort of similarly Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. Okay, this last one, super highly anticipated for me. I'm so excited about it. I just learned about it from from this note, and I'm like freaking out now. I'm so excited. I feel like, so sometimes publishers announce a book like this really early, like years in advance. So for example, Kazuo Ishiguro's new book. Not coming out until 2021, but they just announced it. <laughs> yeah. I feel Can't like wait. this is on that level, but they just announced it a couple months ago. It was kind of like a quick turnaround, I think. I, I Yeah, I, I wonder if, I mean, with coronavirus mm-hmm. and, I mean, just the general state of our world, publishing is like all over the place with their dates. Some mm-hmm. things are getting pushed way back. Other things moved up. I, I wonder if this one got moved up. Maybe. Okay, so the book we're talking about. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. And 
the obvious pairing here is her book, The Warmth of Other Suns, which is one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite nonfiction books of all time. It's so amazing. So, okay, let me pull up cast to make sure that I get the description right here. So the title is Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents. And this is a book in which Wilkerson examines the unspoken caste system that has shaped America and how our lives today are influenced by this hierarchy of human divisions. So this is a portrait of... Well, so what Wilkerson does is she she's a scholar and she interviews people and she uses their stories in tandem with research to tell overarching stories about history through these really specific human stories. So The Warmth of Other Suns is about the Great Migration, but she tells it through the stories of four different people who walked different journeys of the Great Migration. And through those specific stories, she tells the like broad overarching history. So it sounds like it's going to be a really similar setup with cast. And so it says that she tells stories linking caste systems in America, India, Nazi Germany. So she's telling like this huge broad scope of a story through this book and I'm really excited about it that sounds fantastic and did you pick up the warmth of other suns because of Tracy on the stacks yes I believe (laughs) I think it was last year that I picked it up and it was a book that I took all year to read it's really long yeah but I'm so glad that Tracy recommended it and put it on many people's radars and yeah yeah, because I ended up loving it that's it for the big buzzy summer books and our backlist backlist is a little bit loose because some of these (laughs) (laughs) some of these are more backlist than others but (laughs) sure yeah we we were a little generous with that definition there but hopefully you're walking away with something or a few things to add to your reading list and Let's give people just a couple more in case we haven't shared enough. What is just one book you'd like everyone to read this summer, Chelsea? I'll keep this short and simple. And I really want everyone to read Bluebird, Bluebird by Attica Locke. I just found out a couple weeks ago that Attica Locke is Tembi Locke's sister. I don't know who Tembi Locke is. She's in... Okay, so you need to look (laughs) this up because I think your mind will be a little bit blown. But... Bluebird, Bluebird is a mystery, and it takes place in East Texas. It's about Texas Ranger Darren Matthews, and he is a black Texas Ranger, which is unusual for East Texas. And he is wrapped up in sort of uh, some trouble himself, and he is also going to investigate a case that seems like it's revolving around racial tensions and this book is timely and so well written i know a lot of people are looking for books to read that are fiction and 
still have anti-racist themes and still come from black voices, but that aren't just all anti-racist nonfiction. And this is one I would highly recommend. It's page turning, super deep themes, really good mystery, a main character that is so complicated and that you want to root for, but also makes some really interesting decisions and bluebird bluebird is the first in a series and heaven my home the second one is also really really good so i just want everyone to read bluebird bluebird by attica Locke. all right i don't think that was as short as i wanted (laughs) (laughs) that is fine i picked for this americana by chimamanda ngozi adichie i adored americana it is about a young couple in Lagos, Nigeria, and Ifemelu and Obins. And they, Ifemelu gets accepted to school in America. I forget where. And Obins wants to follow her, but he doesn't get his visa approved. So she comes to America. He heads to London where he thinks he's going to be in school and then things kind of fall through for him and he has this rather difficult immigration experience and life experience there. She is living in the U.S. and excelling in school, but also she is thinking for the first time about her blackness and she starts a blog to kind of process this and she writes about how In Nigeria, she never thought of herself as black. And now that she's in America, that is how people see her and they treat her differently. And it's fantastic. And similarly to Bluebird, Bluebird, it's just an amazing story that also touches on some of these anti-racist themes. It's a love story. It's a coming of age story. It is long and you can get lost in it and I I love like the in the summer the feel of like a chunky paperback in my hands and this one has like the perfect feel which is not like the best reason to pick it up but just gonna put that out there if that's you too and her writing is just amazing and I, I love everything she's done but I, I think this one is my my favorite um so that's Americana I love that one I think it is such a great summer book yeah, it, it really is. I mean, there there are a lot of heavy themes, but it's a love story. I'm kind of actually kicking myself for not pairing it with Romeo and Juliet. Not that it ends tragically, but mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. the like, you know, young love and falling apart and falling together and all of that. So that Americana works for so many pairings. <laughs> yeah, just enduring lifetime pairing. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, that is it for our summer buzzy backlist recommendations i'm going to be super curious to hear what people pick up from this episode i'm super curious about what i'm going to pick up next from this episode (laughs) (laughs) me too certainly let us know what you pick up listeners and of course let us know if you would like some more episodes like this don't forget to also subscribe to novel pairings wherever you download your podcasts and let us know on Instagram at Novel Pairings Pod which books you pick up. You can feel free to tag us on there, share 
that you were listening to this episode with your friends. And of course, another great way to support the show is writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. We declare after all, there's no enjoyment like reading. How soon one tires of anything than of a book. We'll be back soon with an episode on Homer's Odyssey.